yeah, so Psalm 46, we're going to talk today about this is how we fight our battles. You know, one of the things that uh, I find is the greatest challenge of living out a life of faith is the wait in the in-between. You know, we've got a need, we can identify it, we know what's going on, we pray a prayer, and then we decree a word, and then we have to wait. We have to wait. Am I, am I alone? <laughs> you know what it's like, right? It's the in-between. You know, it's the principle in the Bible that farmers know very well. You plow the paddock, you prepare the ground, then you sow the seed, and then you wait. Because in the waiting, then comes the harvesting. Amen? And Psalm 46.10 simply just says that be still and know that you, that I am God. Amen? Be still and know that I am God. We're in the in-between. And it's one of those things that uh, we've got to be determined not to just stay stagnant, but we've got to be in the waiting of God. And so, Father, I pray today that you just come and speak your word. Lord, let it be an encouragement. Let it be an equipping. Let it be an empowering. Father, in the season of where we are, we just commit this morning to you and we thank you that you're going to move mightily again in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Okay, let's read Psalm 46 together. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in time of trouble. Amen. Already so much in those two lines of scripture, a reminder to reset our focus, a reminder to understand that there's someone bigger in the circumstances of our life. When we're walking this journey of faith in the in-between, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth may give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar with foam and the mountains quake with their surging. For there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her and she will not fail. For God will help her at the break of day. For nations are in an uproar and kingdoms fall. For he lifts up his voice and the earth melts. And the Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, the psalmist writes, and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought upon the earth. For he makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, and he breaks the bow and he shatters the spear, for he burns the shields with fire. And he says, be still and know that I am, come on, be still and know that I am God. For I will, he says, be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. For the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You know, the Bible is full of stories of incredible battles, incredible challenges. When you feel like you're wedged, or you're up against a, a brick wall, you're in a dead end, there is no hope. There is all kinds of stories that the Word of God speaks to us as a reminder of who is in control. Amen. And Psalm 46 is marked as a psalm from the sons of Korah. 
And it's written to reset our focus upon the God who is our fortress and our refuge. Amen? Amen. I, I wrote this down. Don't let the devil determine you're crazy. How many know that life is sometimes crazy? We can be running all kinds of places and thinking all kinds of things. But don't let the devil determine what's your crazy. Who's in control of your life? As the sons of Korah said, be still and know that he is God. Amen. Amen. He's our refuge. He's our fortress. He's our ever-present help in time of trouble. Because that's who he is. And they wrote this as a reminder of what it is. You know, sometimes we say the words, God, where are you? Or sometimes we say it to ourselves. Is this it? Or that's it. I'm done. But it's in the in-between where we've got to reset our focus and reset our gaze upon the one who is the I am. Amen. In the middle of your breakthrough, the focus of the process is not to be on what you see, but it must be on what you know. And God wants you to know this morning this one truth. Be still and know who is God. Amen. Come on, just shut your eyes and just think about it. God, you are God. I'm going to be still and know that you are God. Here it is. The power of doing nothing. How many hate doing nothing? Because we've got to do something, right? We've got to change the circumstances. We've got to like make it all work. We've got to be in control. Yeah, there's some, you know, this is you, hun. <laughs> you know what? I think we've all got a little bit of a touch of that, that, that impulsion to try and make things be something to help God out. But here's the point, right? God says, just be still. Be still. And I reckon it's if there's one thing that God is wanting to encourage us in the midst of the seasons that we're in in this world. Because how many know it's a little crazy out there? Okay? But here's the point is we've got to understand who is God. And when we understand who is God, then we can take a step back and we can understand the principle of doing nothing. I wrote this down and said, don't let the enemy use you to exhaust you. And I think that's one of the things that the enemy does. He distracts us. He overwhelms us with a whole bunch of things, whether that be emotional, whether that be financial, whether that be spiritual, whether that just be relational. There's an overwhelm that the enemy wants to get you running. How many of you have ever felt like the little mouse on the mouse wheel? And we're just running and it's like there's just this sense of just got to keep up, got to keep doing, got to do, 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 do. And what God wants us to do is just to understand the power of doing nothing. It takes more faith to do nothing than it takes you to do something. And because what we're doing is we're simply just saying, you know what, I'm not going to let the devil determine my crazy I'm going to give him hell instead. I'm going to put him in his place instead. I'm going to make God the biggest thing because he is my refuge and my fortress. 
The writers were saying, be still and know that I am God. And this psalm is divided into three sections, again, to remind us, each one proclaiming God as our refuge and our stronghold. And each one is separated by this pause, this reflection, this, this thing that we just need to kind of look at what life is, to take a step back. And the first one begins, it's like, God, you are our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. For I will not fear, though the earth may give away and the mountains fall into the sea. You know, it says we're reminded of God's abundant and immediate help. And I think as the church today, we've got to take this in and actually understand who God wants to be to us and who God is for us and who God is within us. And the psalmist were writing, that you know, you know what, the calamities of the, the, the natural life that we live, they're all around, but God is in control because he is our refuge and our fortress. It was a reminder of God's abundant and immediate help and that we're not going to fear. In any event, the Lord is to be feared above whatever catastrophe nature may bring. Amen? He can hold us. The second is about the river of God, God's presence in the temple of his Lord. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. And she will not fail. I love that. God will help her at the break of day. You know, it speaks about the river of God, that wherever the river of God flows, Ezekiel, Revelation, it brings life and it brings healing. Do you remember the woman at the well? Do you remember how God said, you know what, you can drink of this natural water and you'll thirst? But he said, the water that I will give to you and you will drink, you will never thirst again. There's a river, amen, in the city of God that makes it glad. It makes the people's heart, it makes the church, it makes the kingdom of God a refreshing because we understand who's the source of this life. And that's not in our being or our ability, but it's in the ability of God. Because God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in time of need. The fact of his presence is the source of our security. That the physical temple looks forward. It talks about in Revelations 22.1, where the water of life proceeds from his throne. And before all things, God will bring out that presence to make the people glad. And then the last section, it just says, come see what the Lord has done. Come and see it. In the Bible, we read the stories of Gideon. We read the stories of Jehoshaphat. We read the stories of Jesus in the boat with the disciples going to the other side. We read the story of the woman at the well. We read them of Noah building the ark because the rain was coming. What's rain? They didn't even know what rain was. How many know all the way through the Bible, there's people that are in the in-between? And God teaches us to trust Him. God teaches us to come near to Him. God teaches us to posture our heart in this place where we know who God is. And sometimes we only get to know that when we're in that position. Amen? 
Be still. Remember who our God is. Take something that be, that's been on you and put it on him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. And here's this thought that, you know, humble yourself, submit to the, under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due season. It's a great passage of scripture in 1 Peter 5. But it talks about this, give all your worries and cares to God because he is the one that cares for you. You know, take something that's been on you and put it on him. Today, you might have come to church with a burden or two. You might have come to church with a concern or three. You might have come to church thinking, God, I don't know what to do about this circumstance. Here's the point. Put it on him because he cares for you. Leave here different today because you've determined to refocus your heart and your focus on him. Amen. That we don't have to carry the burdens of what this life is because we remind ourselves of who is our God, our refuge and our fortress. You know, Philippians, Paul writes this in Philippians 1, 9 through to 11. This is my prayer. He says that your love will abound more and more in the knowledge and the depth of his insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and that may be what may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Paul's prayer was just simply this. He says that you would know that we would live in a place where we understand, whether it be a rock and a hard place, but we live to choose peace in the midst of the crazy because we don't need to be in control because he is in control. And he says, I pray that you may be filled, think of the word filled, with the knowledge of that love. So that it's what keeps us, it what guards us, it what keeps us safe and in peace. NLT says it like this, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in the knowledge and the understanding. Psalm 46.10 is one of those scriptures that gives a glance at the omnipotent nature of God. Omnipotent means the ultimate power. How many know that right now we see the barrage of what bombs can do? That's horrific. It's always been horrific. Whether it be Russia, whether it be Ukraine, whether it be the Falklands, whether it be wherever it is, but when you see the bombardment of the force of war, it's, it's catastrophic. And God is saying, my omnipotent, my unlimited power is unleashed when we trust him. Amen? How many want their, the enemy to feel the unlimited power of God against them? Amen? It's why when we understand the power of his name, the enemy fears. It's why we understand when we speak about the power of the blood of Jesus, demons scream, is because it's the unlimited power power of God that's represented in those things. Amen. Be still and know that I am your God. 
The word be still just simply means this, is to be quiet or to remain calm. And when you break down the Hebrew, it actually means to let go and to stop striving. To slacken and to let drop. How many here have ever been a little tense? A little stressed? A little crazy, right? Just say that he's talking about you today, right? But here's the thing, you know, it's sometimes it's like the opposite thing that we feel like we've got to do is just do nothing but trust him. And this is what the sons of Korah were reflecting here about the bigness of our God. Is that when we just quieten ourselves, it's not just about a natural something, but it's an inner something. It's a consciousness that we actually say, God, I can't fix this situation but you can. I can't heal this in my own ability, but you can. Where God, I'm going to just take whatever is going on, this mess in my life, this stuff that is just out of control, and I'm going to consciously just bring it to you and just rest and relax and to let go, just to let go of the striving and just let drop. There's nothing more beautiful than just to see a a resting child in a parent's arms. It's the safest place. And that's the picture I think God wants us to understand for us in our relationship with him. Lonnie, if I could get you to come on up. It's about being before our God and allowing God's incredible power to be at work in us. 1 Peter 5 and you know 6 it just says this so humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and at the right time he will lift us up in honor. Give all of our worries and cares to God because he cares for you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy the devil who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What a loser. The Bible doesn't say that, but I think it says that. (laughs) Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. And remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kinds of suffering that you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Jesus Christ. So after we've suffered a little while, he'll restore, he'll support, and he'll strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. How many know that to get to the rock, you've got to get rid of the dirt? To find the gold, you've got to get rid of the rubbish. And this is the reality within our lives is that sometimes... You know, we've got to work through some of the consequences of our actions in what life is. But God is a redemptive God. He's a loving God. He's a good God. He's a God who takes messy stuff and redeems it all. He's a God who takes us out of brokenness and restores it all. He's a God that 
takes us from shameful and regretful decisions and washes us white as snow that we would never, ever look back again. Because that's the kind of God He is. And He's saying, be still and know that I'm at work here. We sing that song. This is how we fight the battles. This is how we fight the battles. Wrong key, I know, but you know. And then it goes in. What's the next, not, what's the next line? It, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by the enemy comes around our lives roaring like a lion, seeking who he may devour. Your life's nothing. You mean nothing to God. So typical that this would happen to you. Roaring his lies. It may look like I'm surrounded. The circumstances are never going to change because God's deaf to your prayers. Your prayers have got no power. Just lies. And we've got to come back and we go, you know what, enemy? It may look like I'm surrounded by all of you, but my Bible says that I'm surrounded by him. Amen. I'm surrounded by him. And the table he has prepared for me in the presence of all of my enemies. What was the shepherd saying? Be still. Get your eyes on me. Relax. Understand that you can do nothing but just eat and give me your attention. I am your God. And I'm at work. Just keep eating. And kids keep talking. Amen. Three things. Our awareness of his presence. Our contemplation and meditation of his words. Think about it. Eat on them. Mull on them. Meditate in them. Think about them. Get your gaze off the circumstances and on to the word of God and the promises of what they say. And our absolute trust in His overwhelming capacity, unlimited resources, ultimate power, nothing, nothing like the wimp of an enemy. Because that's who our God is, amen? So to know Him. So Father, today as we finish, we want to thank You for whatever it is, wherever we are, and whatever we're going through. Lord, it may feel like we're surrounded by a whole bunch of things, but we are surrounded by you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Christ. So the prayer is, Lord, help us not to be anxious for anything, but instead be prayerful about everything. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this, For you will keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. So Heavenly Father, You promise to keep us in perfect peace. Those whose build their trust and keep their gaze upon you. 
we thank you for that. Matthew 11, 28 and 30 just simply says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. So God, you invite us, wearied, burdened, to come. That you would gently and humbly, Lord, lift off those things and teach us how to walk in your ways. Thank you, God, today for who you are. Thank you, God, today for what you're doing. Thank you, God, today that you are our God. And we'll be still and know that you are, that you are God. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen.